Welcome back to another episode of Justify Your Existence. Uh, as always, I'm your host, uh, Brendan Farrell, and today I am joined once again by James Murphy. James, say hello. Hello, folks. Happy Super Bowl week, but we have another bowl to talk about. Yeah, once again, we still haven't come up with really like a good name for it, but we'll just call it the Egg Bowl. Um, that happened. Um, today is Monday, February 5th. Uh, James and I, we both write for the Daily Journal. Uh, you can see all of our coverage at djournal.com and uh, follow us on social at djournalsports. Uh, I'm on Twitter at bfarrell727 and James is at jsmurphymedia. Uh, so yeah, kind of a kind of a big week. Yeah, definitely. Um, just for both teams, especially with the Ole Miss Mississippi State, looks like that one really came down to the wire. Yeah, and we, we kind of mentioned this last week, but I think it's just good to see um, the Egg Bowl matter in something other than football, too. 100%. I believe it was a sellout crowd, if not a record-setting crowd. You could check uh, Michael Katz, is, uh, our Ole Miss beat writer. You could check his article on it. Um, probably, one, probably one of the biggest uh, nights for the rivalry in general and just for basketball in the state of Mississippi. A lot of people showed out for what turned out to be a really good game. Yeah, if you haven't made a trip over to the pavilion, I highly recommend it. It's a... Uh, very, it's a very good uh, facility they got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Ole Miss, uh, at least up to that point, stayed undefeated at home uh, before losing to Auburn over the weekend. Um, but yeah, James, um, what did you think of uh, this Ole Miss Mississippi State matchup? I mean, it was. I mean, it was definitely a game where, as I mentioned last week, it's a lot, of, very much a bubble separator where the winner of that game could really put themselves more firmly in the NCAA tournament picture. And as we said, up to that point, Ole Miss did that with the win. And to me, the biggest differentiator, at the very least on paper, is that they just got a little bit more out of everybody. Um, They got guys scoring 10, 20, and 21, and they just were able to spread the floor out. Uh, DJ Caldwell being able to come off the bench for 18 was really big, and they just kind of won the way that they always have all year against uh, obviously a a really high-octane game. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was pretty much neck and neck the entire way. Um, You know, it was tied at halftime, 39-39, and really just kind of came down to the wire there with some free throws and all that. Um, So really, uh, if you were just a neutral basketball fan somehow, you you got what you asked for. 100%. And and on Mississippi State side, in regards to just this game, you know, they lost this game. They lost this the way they've lost a lot of games this year, and it's with just an inability to really get it done in the free throw line, you know. that You have a chance to tie it if you make two of them and you know, not to not make any of them. You know, it's been a problem that's been plaguing them all year. And, you know, it's one thing when you're doing things like this in December and January, but when you're doing it towards the end of January and as of right now, February, um, you know, obviously you're running out of time to fix – what is becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame because uh, most games this year, 82 points is enough for Mississippi State. 100%. But to me, I feel like that's less about the defense, which is still pretty good, and more about just Ole Miss's high-octane um, offense on their end and, again, an inability to finish because who knows what happens if this game goes to overtime or even, or even if he makes one of those free throws and – to see what happens from there but um yeah it's kind of been a thing for Mississippi State this season where 
they have run. I, it should obviously the SEC has some great offenses, and Mississippi State has run into a couple of them over the last couple of weeks. You know, they gave up 90 to Kentucky, they gave up 79 to Florida, and against the, and despite scoring 77 and 70 in each of those, so obviously the defense really good. But um, as I've said before, this team has expectations of surpassing where they were last year, which was a first four exit after a really close loss to Pitt, but. If they they obviously obviously the goal will be just take a step forward and you got to be able to have a little bit of a stronger defense even against teams with that good of an offense if you want to be able to do that. Well, you figure they had all sorts of uh, momentum there with you know coming off a win over Auburn where they only allowed fifty eight against an Auburn team that just lit up Ole Miss over the weekend. And you know that inconsistency is something that's also stood out to me. I I don't know if you've seen that they have not won consecutive games since SEC play started. Um, the last time they did was, if I'm, I'm looking at the schedule right now, five straight wins after the Southern loss. But since then, uh, they've gone ever since the South Carolina game. Loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss. Um, that's three wins and about six losses. And it's a bit, it's a bit of a one, st- one big step forward and two more steps back because – they do have some really good wins in there. Beating Tennessee, great. Beating Auburn, great. The way that they beat them, great. And they have shown a little bit of progress in each of them. But, you know, they'll go from beating a top-10 team to losing badly on the road. And they'll go from having four guys go over a dozen points to two guys who score d- double digits and nobody else can really crack that. They just got to be able to show consistency. And, again, this is a really, really tough part of the schedule that is now done and they do have uh, what's left is, and what's ahead, I should say, what's ahead is a schedule that's much more manageable. They got host Georgia at Missouri, host Arkansas, host Ole Miss, and then go to LSU before they host Kentucky and then go to Auburn. But I'd say those four, five games before they host Kentucky are games where, in my opinion, they have to get something going. Even if you're not winning all those games, just maybe four or five, three or five, or just showing a lot of progress. Now, bracketology seems to like where they are, and them being a nine seed. But you, you, at some point, I do feel like Mississippi State has to establish some sort of consistent momentum heading into a crucial time of the year. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned the good news for them is that the schedule kind of thins out. Um, you know, most of this for most of the stretch here. Um, you know, Georgia, Mizzou, Arkansas, and then another rematch with uh, Ole Miss. Um, and then, you know, LSU afterward. And then it gets – it ramps up again to end SEC play. But, you know, if you, if you can take care of business there. And, again, not just taking care of business, just establishing consistent momentum. Again, they have not won more than two straight games since beating Rutgers and, if I'm pronouncing the first part of it right, Bethune-Cookman. Yeah, I think – yeah. It, but since then, it's just been really – and again, SEC is probably the deepest it's ever been, certainly in our lifetimes, and it is not an easy conference. But if they want to get to the expectations that they have of being able to not just get to March Madness but be able to hang around in March Madness, consistency is everything. Because not not just in games, but, you know, how you talked about last week how, you know, it's a game of runs. The season is very much like that, too. If you can get on a run of winning a couple of straight games heading in, that makes you that much more dangerous once March arrives. 
Yeah, it's kind of a weird year where every win feels maybe not quite monumental, but significant, I guess. Um, and every loss outside of a handful of teams, it's like, okay, well, I guess it'll help the resume, I suppose. Or it's not, like, devastating or anything. Yeah, there's not much devastating out there. I mean, the only things I can think of that have really been detrimental, and granted this is a lot because of us being in the state of Mississippi, but the only real bad results that popped up is the uh, – Ole Miss's game against Detroit Mercy early in the year, and the and Mississippi State's lost to Southern. But other than that, I don't think, at the very least with the Mississippi schools, I don't think there are that many games that have been necessarily devastating. Now, um, what I will say, though, is I think, um, you know, kind of looking at the box score from this game, the percentages and, and everything are all pretty much the same. Uh, for me, the big one, though, um, well, you kind of mentioned free throws, uh, and that was that was big. But also, I think the other one was turnovers. Um, you just cannot win uh, games in this league uh, getting more than doubled up in turnovers. Uh, Ole Miss had the advantage there, 15-7. No, and being on the road, you're probably going to be more prone to turnovers, obviously, than the home team. But – it can't be that stark. It can't be that. It can't be that much of a difference. It can't be that big of a disparity if you want to be able to win a game like that. Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about a four-point game here, uh, and Ole Miss had 18 points off turnovers to State's four. Yeah. Again, it's just you got to be able to handle that environment. And now, and this hasn't been just unique to Mississippi State, but. They have obviously have not won a true road game this year. If I'm correct, they're own five in true road games. And I mean, while you are traveling, while it is like a true road game for Ole Miss, you would think that it being within the state, having probably gotten a decent state turnout, you probably would have thought, okay, maybe they'll be able to get enough of a home boost where they'll be able to make something out of it. But you know, it, it, to, to me, if you're not able to win a game that like like even a road game within the state, where you'd probably be able to get a decent amount of bulldogs in the crowd, that's that's um, that's a little bit telling. Yeah, and I think um, kind of one of the more interesting storylines from this game, um, and our guy uh, Michael Katz wrote a story on this was uh, the emergence of T.J. Caldwell for Ole Miss. Um, you know. Look, like, you know that in a game that Ole Miss wins, you know, Matthew Morrell is probably going to put up 15, 20 points, and so is Jalen Murray. Um, and, you know, uh, Breakfield will probably get somewhere within 10, 15, right? Um, TJ Caldwell, 18 points. Yep, season high for him, second time, correction. Fifth time, he's cracked double digits all season. And, look – Depth is a really, really big thing if you want to be able to go deep into March, let alone make it there. And if he can be if he can consist be able to build that consistently and kind of be what Josh Hubbard was for Mississippi State for a while until he cracked the starting lineup, that's gonna be a really big thing for Ole Miss, who does still have a little bit more to prove on when it comes to the metrics in terms of being a solid March Madness team. Yeah, well, the thing with Ole Miss is that. Uh, their offense has found its groove, especially once they've gotten um, Cisse and, and uh, uh, Murray eligible. But, um, you know, 
they're still struggling defensively is, is the big thing. Um, so on, you know, I've heard Beard kind of talk about it earlier, and he likes having, you know, a depth of, of shooters. I mean, like any coach would. Um, but, you know, on, on a night like this where, you know, Alan Flanagan only has five and, you know, CSA only has four, you know, having somebody to be able to come off the bench finally and, you know, put up 18 is certainly helpful. 100% just be able to spread the four while he's there and be able to have meaningful minutes so that there's not as much, if any, of a drop-off when some of the starters are off the court is big. And uh, once again, what did I say about Ole Miss in close games? High luck metrics. <laughs> uh, after this weekend, they're down to number two in luck on Ken Palma, unfortunately. Only two. Only oh, two. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something about Ole Miss in close games this year. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just funny to me. Somebody's got a five, is it a four-leaf, five-leaf? No, it's a, it's a four-leaf. Somebody's got a four-leaf clover in the locker room somewhere. I was going to say a rabbit's foot or something. Probably. Yeah, one of those things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. to me, like, the two funniest things about Ole Miss this year are the fact that they just simply cannot lose a close game. Like, the games that they have lost have all been fairly comfortable losses. Uh, that It's that, and they just get, like, comically out-rebounded defensively. And it, I guess, doesn't matter. Yeah, they're able to make it work out. Yeah, because I feel like I could say that about, about every game they played this year is that, yep, got dominated on the on the boards again. I mean, even in, in this one, um, 38-25 overall. And uh, State almost had as many offensive rebounds as Ole Miss had defensive rebounds, uh, 16-14. Mm. I mean, usually if, they, if they're able to – and that's kind of another thing with Mississippi State because they do really well on the boards and they're able to get a lot out of their interior presence, obviously – Tolu Smith and Cam Matthews, and a lot of times DJ Jeffries on the inside, but they're not quite able to make it pay off as much on the other end. And now, more, more, now more often than not, that wasn't necessarily the case here. They were, but just again late in the game, and a lot of times in the second half when they had a chance to really establish, establish more of a lead, they weren't quite able to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't. Do you have anything else from this game? From this game, no, but um, in terms of the season outlook um, for each team, I just do think that, again, Mississippi State, they just have to be able to establish consistency, have to be able to, whether it's uh, a winning streak, whether they win three or four or four or five, got to be able to establish some consistent momentum. And, you know, in terms of Ole Miss, they this was a really big win for them. And um, big one this week, they uh, go to South Carolina and Kentucky. So we'll learn a lot, a lot more about them then. Yeah, I was going to say uh... – Things are going to get uh, just a little bit more difficult for Ole Miss coming up here. Just a little. Because uh, South Carolina, I guess especially at home, like nobody really wants to play them right now. And, uh, you know, no trip to Rupp is ever fun. No, absolutely not. So I know Kentucky's kind of been going through it a little bit lately, but uh, I don't think anybody uh, would ever look at a trip to Rupp Arena and look forward to it. Oh, no, 25,000 people. That's, that's tough for anybody. Yeah, so um, so what the heck happened to – I mean, really you could ask that question about either Mississippi school. Uh, but well, what happened with uh, Mississippi State against Alabama here? Well, um, you know, it, it's yet another example of Mississippi State just really, really struggling on the road. And 
you know, I, at the very least, had the feeling that they'd be able to keep it much closer against Alabama because like the Ole Miss game, against Alabama, they had a chance to take free throws to tie the game late and to at least keep it close late, and they couldn't make any. I think they missed their last six free throws. Um, and much like I mentioned earlier, they weren't able to get enough out of everybody consistently. I mean, they got a lot out of Tolu Smith, got a lot out of Shaquille Moore, and about 10 points out of Sean Jones Jr., but again, it just wasn't able to keep up, and they weren't quite able to be as consistent. And um, 99, yeah, that, that 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 one's a little bit shocking. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, this one's over at halftime. I mean, it's 47-24 at the break. Pretty pretty crazy. I, I thought they'd be able to at least put up a little bit more of a fight after they were able to, to do that when they hosted Alabama. Yeah, I mean, there's uh... – you know, I don't think anyone would be upset with losing to Alabama, but losing by that much on the road is, is tough. Especially after you had played them so close early in the season. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned this, but, I mean, uh, it must be difficult to kind of pick up and keep going after this run of games here. Yeah, it is. But, again, the schedule provides an opportunity to go on a run, and they've got to be able to do that with the ex- given the expectations. Um, yeah, but I mean, you got to be encouraged, I guess, by 23 from Tolu Smith, I guess. Definitely. And, you know, he's been their most consistent guy ever since he's come back from that foot injury on New Year's Day. Um, I think he's played, he's played out of the games he's played, he has only not cracked double digits twice. And he's been their leading scorer more often than not. So, as inconsistent as the offense can be a lot of times, Smith is probably their most consistent guy, and if they can get him going and the defense can do enough of it on its end, I do feel like Mississippi State's going to be a team that can hang with a lot of teams, if not pretty much anyone. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, early on Alabama was one of those teams that uh, the computers really liked, but um, the record wasn't quite there. And then all of a sudden SEC play starts, and it's like, oh, I understand now. Yeah, we do understand, and they've really picked up a lot of momentum. They have really gotten hot. They've only lost, their only loss was at Tennessee since since losing the number four Arizona earlier in the year. They have only lost one game. They've really gotten hot at the right time, and that's a pretty dangerous thing heading into this time of the year. Yeah, it's sort of a um, weird uh, thing that uh, right now there are three teams in the SEC. Uh, in the top 10 in Ken Palm, and all of them are right next to each other, five, six, seven, uh, Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama. And all three of them, uh, it seems, have had uh, big wins over uh, Mississippi schools right now. Yeah, very big wins. And I just double-checked. Alabama has won 10 of their last 11 after losing to Arizona back in, it looks like, December. So, and they've had some big wins against the Mississippi schools. Their only loss was at Tennessee. They've beaten Auburn. They've beaten Auburn. They ended a pretty long winning streak to do that. Just a really impressive team right now. And uh, speaking of Auburn, uh, for the second time this year, they have uh, beaten the brakes off the Rebels. Yeah, and I think you could argue that's the most balanced team in the SEC. The last I checked, they had the best average point differential in the conference. You know, I, I think that's a really valuable thing to have to be consistently good on both ends of the floor. And, you know, it's just going to be a reason that uh, once that tournament gets going to Nashville, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Well, it's just interesting to me to see just how quickly this got out of hand for Ole Miss. I mean, they were up 44-35 at halftime and lost by 14. Yeah, again, a lot of uh, Bruce Pearl, a lot of probably one of the best things that he's able to do is make some make some adjustments at the half, and for him to be able to do that against a really solid Ole Miss team speaks volumes. Um, yeah, I mean the big numbers in the second half were uh, they out, Auburn outshot Ole Miss from the field seventy three point three percent to thirty seven point nine, and sixty two point five percent to twenty eight point six percent from three. Um, I mean it's just. I mean, it's part defense and it's part the other team just getting unconscious. 100%. And it helps when you have six guys track double digits, including two off the bench. Just simply put, it's pretty hard to stop that. Yeah, no, that's crazy. When you score 91 points and your team leader in points is at 16. Yeah, and you have two guys right behind him, one who starts it again, one coming off the bench. Well, I mean, when you have that many double-digit point scorers, somebody has to come off the bench. Yeah, uh, definitely. Unless somebody has just forgotten how to count. Yeah, probably. Um, but, yeah, so, um, again, goes without saying, another tough night on the rebounds for Ole Miss because this is just their thing. It um, is, and sometimes they're able to compensate quite a bit for that with how much they're able to score. But against a team like Auburn, really, really hard to not, rebound, not out-rebound them and win. Uh, and then, you know, it's their first home loss for both Ole Miss football and Ole Miss basketball combined. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think there was like a stat about how Ole Miss, both football and basketball, were undefeated for a while, both at home. But it uh, looks like that one came to an end with the Auburn loss. Yeah, we were uh, just talking about this in the office last week. And we were perusing through, uh, you know, just some of the depths of – college one bass or uh, division one college basketball and being like well uh, does uc irvine have a, a, a football team and did they go undefeated no but they do have a very creative mascot uh yes uh go eaters uh i believe the catchphrase is zoot zock i believe Zot, yes because because I, I remember they won a they won they made an upset a couple of years ago and they kept just doing that thing where it's like zock 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 uh, I believe it. I think it's Z-O-T. Z-O-T? Z-O-T, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's just kind of a weird statistic. But that kind of tells you how uh, special of a year, I guess, on this athletics is having. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think you could argue they could uh, keep a lot of that momentum going into the spring season, and you could argue next academic year. Um, yeah. And then um, – I think the other interesting thing to me is that, uh, you know, I think for Ole Miss, the big thing, um, other than the rebounds, is um, kind of the perimeter. Um, because, you know, they're a very good three-point shooting team. Um, and in order to kind of uh, make up for, you know, the whole rebounds and giving other teams extra opportunities, they, A, have to make the most of their own opportunities and, B, steal some of their own, which is – you know, kind of the other thing for me when it comes to turnovers, that Ole Miss is very good at forcing turnovers. Um, so that second half against Auburn, uh, when you are allowing the other team to shoot, uh, you know, uh, what did I say, 62.5% from three, uh, while you can't do anything from the perimeter, um, you're going to be in for a bad time. 
Yeah, definitely. And I see that Ole Miss is actually second in the SEC with 8.6 steals a game. So they are able to get a lot on that end. But, you know, when that's not going and the shots aren't falling, really, really hard to overcome those things for them. And especially against a team like Auburn, you know, I can get um, – it's, it's hard to – dig your way out of a hole that you dug for yourself against them. No, no, they're not going to leave many, if any, openings in that scenario. Well, in the fact that you can, uh, you know, lead at halftime and then lose by double digits kind of tells you um, Ole Miss isn't quite there. It's not quite there. And that's what you might expect under a first-year head coach, even with what Chris Beard has been able to do at other places. There's still a lot to figure out in year one, even with how fast – you're expected to get going in college athletics these days. It's probably some of those growing pains that come with any first-year head coach in a new program, uh, at, know, at a, his new program. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Ken Palm rankings, a, a 31st-ranked offense will do in the SEC, uh, but a 142nd-ranked defense will not. No, no. Going to have to make him most of your opportunities on offense, if, even regardless if how, how much they're able to improve. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, anything you're looking forward to this week? Just really interested to see how both of these teams grow. Um, again, those that game, that um, indoor Egg Bowl name pending, is was really good for the state. It was really cool to see the turnout. It was really cool to see how basketball has really grown in importance in the state of Mississippi at the college level. Again, as I keep saying, both teams have a stretch ahead of them where – They've got to establish themselves, and they've got to be able to really prove, prove that they're able to gain enough momentum and really solidify themselves so that when March comes around, they're ready for it. Yeah, and then for uh, Ole Miss, uh, you got South Carolina coming up here, uh, and they're just sort of the wild card because you look at it and they have – like their two losses are uh, to Georgia at home, which is not good, uh, and then they got – smacked by Alabama on the road but then they've also beaten Tennessee on the road and then they've beaten Kentucky at home so it's like I, I don't know yeah it's, it's kind of one of those things where some nights you get uh the South Carolina version that's very very dangerous sometimes you get the South Carolina team that will give you a lot of opportunities well it feels like a perfectly uh uh you know d- just seems like an opportunity that just kind of stinks either way because it's like, well, if you win, I mean, South Carolina is good, but I don't, you know, I don't know if that's quite a resume builder. But then if you lose, you know, I don't think you're actually getting a ton of respect on that end either. Damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, no win situation. Well, except there is because you, literally if you win, it's a win. Yeah, yeah, right. I see where you're coming from. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you wanted to touch on? I mean, those were the big things. All righty. Um, so, once again, uh, you can find James at JS Murphy Media. Uh, you can find me at BFarrell727 uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can find the journal uh, on social at DJournal Sports. Uh, and if you want more of our Ole Miss or Mississippi State coverage, uh, feel free to check out our lineup of newsletters at djournal.com forward slash newsletters. And if you want to join the conversation with other fans, uh, check out our Mississippi State Sports Discussion or Ole Miss Sports Discussion groups on Facebook. Uh, James, once again, thanks for joining me on this. And thanks for having me as always. All righty. Once again, 
Thanks for listening and uh, have a good one.